Welcome back to the Locker Room Podcast. This is episode number 10. I am your host, Ryan Gold, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, John Arand. Welcome to the podcast, John. How's it going? Going great, Ryan. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Uh, For those unaware, John Arand graduated from the University of Maryland in 1989 and began his journalism career in 1990, working for a newspaper in Montgomery County before spending 12 years reporting on the media industry in the United States and Europe. Currently, he's a journalist for the Sports Business Journal, a publication that provides coverage of all business-related aspects of the rapidly changing sports landscape. So let's start talking about your most recent work with the Sports Business Journal. And I want to ask, how did you first get into sports business? Was it a traditional and direct path, or did it just kind of come out of nowhere? Uh, I wouldn't say it came out of nowhere, but it was, uh, um, you know, the, I'm always asked for advice because so many people are sports fans and everybody wants to figure out how to get into, into sports. And so, um, you know, my answer to them is, is to sort of like develop the, the, the key is to develop a skill set outside of sports that you can use in sports. And so, you know, if, if you think of the, the, if you think of sports, they have marketing, they have finance, they have, you know, uh, the sales, they have, you know, business operations, they have all aspects of a traditional business are within the sports business. And, and so if you, if you uh, go out there and learn sort of a traditional, uh, you know, uh, set up traditional business skills, you can easily transfer those into the sports business. So as a long-winded way to answer your question, I started uh, uh, writing for, uh, you know, general news. Then I, I became uh, much more uh, targeted and I started uh, covering the media business. And so then uh, in 2006, there was an opening at Sports Business Journal for a media reporter. And I fit perfectly in there because I've been covering media, which included uh, sports media. And now, like, instead of covering, you know, uh, the, the whole cable industry and how much, like, they, they rent the wire, wires to, to uh, you know, public utilities, now I'm just covering sports and sports media. And so, so that, that's, it, it wasn't a completely direct route to get in there but it's a route that I've seen so many different people take and the one that I would highly recommend to other people. That's awesome. Yeah. I hear a lot of people always say, just get the soft skills and find something you're good at and then develop that. And hopefully you can land whatever job and whatever field you want to get into. Yeah. Ryan, people always say like, I want to work in sports. I'm like, great. You can take tickets, right? I mean, there are a lot of jobs in sports and and there are a lot of jobs in sports that you're not going to like. And all of a sudden like it, it becomes you know, a poison chalice of sorts. 100%. So what sports or topics do you generally focus on covering at the Sports Business Journal? Would you say it's anything specific or is it just a wide range of anything? It's a wide range. My main focus is media. And so that that covers all the different sports. So now a, a big story of mine is, you know, the NFL media rights uh, and, and uh, how that what's going to happen with those. Another big story is if you've watched any of the baseball last weekend, you know, ESPN doesn't pump in crowd noise. Fox pumps in a, a lot of crowd noise and has virtual fans in the stand. So sort of talking, talking to the decision makers at, the, at both of those networks about why they're making those decisions, how they're making those decisions and what's going to happen moving forward with them. 
so I, I cover everything. I, I uh, had a story uh, just a couple days ago about DAZN, um, which is a streaming service, and they just signed a deal with Bare Knuckle um, Fighters, uh, BKFC, uh, the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. So it, it's everything from the NFL to Bare Knuckles. That's awesome. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, I saw your story a few weeks ago. I'm a huge soccer fan, so I saw your story about the Champions League rights with CBS and that whole issue with um, with uh, Turner that broke down. Were you happy with Champions League on Turner? No, it was abs- it was it was horrific. It was uh, horrific. In terms of what? In terms of the production or just being able yeah, to the sign- production. I the I thought the 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 crew that they had mid game was terrible, and then. They only had it on one channel and didn't even put the Europa League on TV as well. And it was just a whole mess for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, for someone that wants to watch all these games, you know, Fox could have Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2, put it on their app as well. And the Bleacher Report app was terrible too. They had a lot of critics, that's for sure. Absolutely. So what would you say is your favorite aspect of sports business in general? Um. The, the games, I mean, sports is fun. I, 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 uh, so every, uh, February I go to the Super Bowl city and I spend Super Bowl week, you know, and it's, it's like a big trade show for me. And, uh, instead of, you know, cause just cause every network is there, every sponsor is there, every, you know, de- executives from different leagues are there. Uh, and it's, you know, it, it is a great week just to, to see people and meet people and have, I have meetings, uh, from the time I wake up till the time I go to bed, uh, for, for, for that entire week. And I should really come home on Saturday, but you know, I have a press pass so I can go to the game on, on, on Sunday and it's a perk of the job. Like I, I've, I've been to the past 14 Super Bowls, and that's, a you know, it's just a lot of fun to, to, to be able to do that. Uh, and so I, I, just, I think that the, the aspect of sports is, the thing that makes sports fun is the reason why everybody wants to get into that, into the business. Uh, but, but there's a lot of work that, that goes through it that that's not, you know, talking about the games. It's talking about, you know, all, all the games happening off the field, you know, which is, you know, the, the networks fighting each other for rights and, and things along those lines. But it definitely is being able to just go and be in a crowd and hearing the crowd roar is, is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a perk of the job to be able to go to the Super Bowl. I've yet to get there. It was just in Atlanta, Ryan. I know, I know, and and the Falcons were in it, but I'm not even a Falcons fan, so I I had no desire to go, and I don't think my Jets are ever going to make it there. So unfortunately, no Super Bowls for me. Not while you're in College Park, probably. Nope. So now that I've asked about your favorite aspect, what would you consider to be the most challenging aspect of the job uh competition uh the, the the same thing everybody wants to get into this business and so um you know in the, it, we're in the middle of a pandemic uh the country is at the precipice of a of a recession if not actually in a recession and all, all of a sudden the sports business journal has had uh, a company called uh, a publication called sportico launch against us uh we've had uh publication called front office sports just make a bunch of hiring and, and they're trying to grow we have the athletic which is really growing out their um, their sports business um uh, uh reporting uh the, the in terms of the number of reporters and breaking news yeah we have others like hashtag sports we have um 
you know, the Washington Post just hired uh, about a year ago um, a sports media reporter. It is, uh, the New York Times has sports business reporters. The Wall Street Journal has sports. And so uh, uh, the competition within this one little space is really, really, uh, um, th- there's just a lot of us. Yeah, I mean, sports sports isn't going away. So people are always going to keep trying to push into the field. And everyone, so many people have, are infatuated with sports. So, yeah, and if you take a look at it, the ESPN has a, a deal where they pay the NFL $2 billion a year. And so, like, if you just think about a $2 billion a year uh, the deal, that's a deal that the Wall Street Journal will want to write, the New York Times will want to write, yeah. the Financial Times, Bloomberg, you keep going down the list. So there are a lot of people that, that want that aspect. Yep. Is there, is there one piece that you've written, whether it was at the beginning of your journalism career or, or it could be as recent as yesterday that stands out as like your best work? Um, that's a really good question. I've, I've only uh, ever framed one of my stories and it's when I talked about my, uh, when I coached my uh, daughter in eighth grade. Uh, we won the championship, Ryan. Eight and oh. Uh, wow. We, we had a, a half court zone trap that no other team could uh, could figure out. Unbelievable. Um, but I, I think that, you know, the thing about um, what I do is that I break, uh, I break news and I love to break news. And I get kind of like an endorphin rush when, when I break news. And so each, each one, it doesn't matter how big it is. I broke a, I broke an NFL story um, uh, about the NFL media rights about five or six years ago. And that was great. And then I, I really enjoyed that one. And then like this morning I broke, uh, you know, CC Sabathia is going to, if you're Jets, you're Mets, I'm assuming, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, so, yes. so you don't like CC any more than I do, but uh, yeah, no. uh, he's, uh, he's going over to the ringer to, to host a podcast. And I was the first one out with that. And like, it, it's still, it, it's the next one, you know, and it's just, uh, I sound like a junkie here probably, but, <laughs> uh, but, but that's what I really enjoy doing. I'm not sure if I have uh, really the best work. I, I'm not sure if I have, a piece that I would say, hey, this is a really, really good piece as much as I have sort of like a bunch of pieces taken together where like, if you want to know what's going on in sports, I think that, uh, you know, I have a Twitter feed or I have, a, you know, a byline search on, my, on the website that'll r- really help you out. Yeah, I saw, I saw you also, you broke the Redskin or sorry, the Washington football team news last week or so about them officially deciding to change their name as well. Yeah, it's it's hard to uh, not say the name now because I've I've been saying it for my my, my whole life. That actually, I, I I wish I could take credit for that, but uh, that was um, a colleague of mine at SBJ, and I, I helped amplify it uh, on uh, social media. But that that was a uh, we were pretty proud to get that one in. Awesome. So I want to shift a little bit into current events. Obviously, we have to address like the elephant in the room with COVID nineteen. So how has that affected your job? if at all, because I know the sports world's still moving and especially now we're getting back into it, but from the start, were you just, did you have stuff to report on or was it just a little, was it tough to start? Yeah, Ryan, I've never been busier. Uh, I, I, so um, I have so many uh, stories to write and, and what's been difficult for me is actually saying no to certain stories and 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 picking the stories that I that I want to pursue because there are just so many stories out there, and beyond the stories, 
you know, that something happens when people work from home. And so I'm, a, I'm able to contact a lot, a lot of sources a lot quicker and a lot easier because they're not at the office and they're not in, in meetings. They're, they're at home doing, doing, you know, talking or doing, you know, not doing a lot. So it's, um, it, it's easier to get in contact with people. I have people pitching stories. The sports business is still moving on even when there were no games. Uh, and, and so for, for, uh, I think for me personally, because I don't cover, um, like I said, I don't cover what happens on the field. I, I cover what happens off the field. For me personally, th- I've never been busier. That's great. So for me personally, I thought the craziest story of the, of the coronavirus um, affecting sports was that Wimbledon took out pandemic insurance that got them like $140 million or something. Do you think that's like the new normal for these, for these types of events? Like March Madness. I heard you on the Dan Patrick show like in March and you had said that like March Madness, the advertising rights, like they're getting absolutely killed by no tournament, obviously, but I don't think that they had any insurance on that unless you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I read that Wimbledon had had pandemic insurance, which I'm sure is one of the crazier sports business moves you could ever see. Yeah, Wimbledon was unique, and I had some foresight in terms of getting that. Uh, March Madness did not, um, and and so March Madness, you know, they, they, uh, there's everybody hurt from that because uh, they they sold they sold out March Madness in terms of ad sales, like they set a record. They sold it out like I think in January, uh, and so they couldn't take that ad sale, so they they lost that whole bit of the business. You know, Turner and CBS are supposed to carry March Madness, and they pay the NCAA a lot of money to carry March Madness. You know, if they're not going to carry it, you know that they get they get that money back as well. And then you just take a look at uh, Turner and CBS; they have they promise the uh, cable operators and satellite distributors that they're going to have March Madness on, on, on and and that's something that you know that that's why uh, Comcast pays as much as they pay for TNT. And so all of a sudden, like there, there's some rebates that happen there. So there's, there's this big knock-on effect from from games not being played, and it's not just it's not just the um, NCAA that's hurt. It's it's the the sponsors, it's the networks, it's everybody involved with with it. Yeah, I mean, I, you, I when I heard it, I listened to the interview last night, and you said that there would be a potential trickle down effect, and obviously since then there has been there have been massive losses in the industry, I'm sure. Um, but I mean, as of now, I think there's still CBS or I, yeah, CBS hasn't lost the masters. I think they're still planning on doing the masters in November. So hopefully they can regain something from that. Although Mark, yeah, the masters, Mark's is a little, masters is a little different because they don't, uh, they don't have as many ad breaks and they don't sell as many ads. And, and, and most of the ads are, are with companies that are sort of already tied into Augusta mm-hmm. National and, and and the Masters, but uh, I mean for me the the real killer of March Madness is I mean we were going to be in Atlanta right were you going to go? I mean I was hoping Maryland would make a run and then oh, I they they to definitely go. were making a run Ryan come on I was uh, we were we were ready to go I was ready to go man senior I point was, guard a lottery pick a d- down low I mean we were set man they they definitely did have what it took. They they felt like a team of destiny at times with the Minnesota game and Minnesota the Illinois game. game. Did you but, go to a I lot mean, of games? 
Yeah, I went to I went to pretty much every home game. I think the only one I missed was the Michigan game, actually. But college game day was awesome. The Illinois game was unbelievable. I mean, it was it was a great season. It was a great that, season. That was, was that was one that we won in the last second, right? Yeah, Cowan Cowan hit a deep three. Like a deep and three. They went yeah. on like a nine. They went on like a nine zero run to end the game, or just should had no business winning and got the win. Yeah. Okay, so my last question about the coronavirus impact is what companies or sports have made the biggest moves during the COVID-19 pandemic that will lead them to become maybe not powerhouses post-pandemic, but just larger companies that maybe we hadn't heard of as much and now they're about to make huge strides or one that we have heard of and they're about to get even bigger because of this. Okay, I'll, give you, I'll give you two. I'll give you one that you probably haven't heard of and I'll give you one that you probably have heard of. One. One that you probably haven't heard of is a, a local company to DC called Kizwe. Uh, and I think Ted Leonsis is a, a part owner in, in that. And they have, uh, they have been slowly um, uh, rolling out technology that is designed to, for remote broadcasts. And so um, that, that's, been a, that's been a trend in the, in the industry where you know, uh, it used to be uh, up until a couple of months ago that networks would send you know, dozens of people to an event in order to cover it. And they'd be in their production trucks and, and all of a sudden they, they were starting to realize with, uh, with uh, tech from like companies like Kizwe that you didn't need to send the replay operator all the way to the event. He can just stay at home and, and do it with, with technology from, from, you know, the home office. Uh, you don't need to send announcers to event. I mean, you're seeing that now and, and you can barely tell the difference whether the, the announcer is, is there or not. And I think one of the things that everybody has learned from, from the pandemic is that, you know, all these trends that were happening before the uh, pandemic, uh, since the pandemic has hit, they've been at warp speed. So, 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 you know, it's been a nice slow trend that, that all of a sudden they took off. So you're going to see that happen a lot more and you're going to see companies like Kizwe that, that are going to really benefit from that. I think a, a company that, that you would have heard of is, um, having a really tough time in the pandemic, but uh, I think ESPN is set up for the post-pandemic landscape better than any other uh, sports media company. So if you look at Disney, Disney has the parks they're getting killed at, they have um, uh, cruise ships and they're they're getting killed with that. They have movie studio, nobody's going to see movies anymore, they're getting killed with that. Um, ESPN has no sports and so they're getting killed with that. However, ESPN set up that their streaming service, ESPN Plus, it's part of Disney Plus. Mm. Uh, no other um, sports media company has a service as as like that has the rights that ESPN Plus has, that has the sort of strategy that ESPN Plus has. And so, if you take what I said earlier about the pandemic really taking a trend and, and make, making it go super fast, uh, ESPN is really uh, um, set up to. Um, to, to profit from ESPN plus much sooner than anybody would have thought. Absolutely. Uh, ESPN plus covers, covers everything. Um, so our last question before I get into our final uh, minute long segment is what advice would you have for college kids who want to get into the sports business field? I know we touched on this a little earlier with the soft skills, but if there's anything else you could touch on, that'd be, that'd be great. Um, yeah, you know, I, so I have uh, a daughter who's your age and I have a son who's a senior at, uh, at Temple University in, in, in Philly. 
And one thing that I tell them is, is use contacts. Like, like don't, don't be just overuse contacts. People, people in my positions are, are happy to, to hear from people that, that, they, that they can help. Um, and, and so just kind of re, reach out. And, and if you reach out and 10% of the people get back to you, then 10% of the people get back to you. But uh, the, the one thing I've learned about business is that um, you can know a ton but it's really based on relationships. And if you develop really strong relationships and you cultivate really good relationships, that's gonna win out at the end, whether that's sports or not sports. But the main thing is what we said at the beginning, develop a skill set. Don't just, I can't tell you how many people come up to me and say, I wanna work in sports. Everybody wants to work in sports. It's what can you bring to sports to make you, uh, to, to make you uh, more hireable? Yeah, that's that's great advice. I definitely will will take that into account. Um, so we're gonna get into the last segment we have is called the Maryland Minute. It'll be a little of reminiscing on your time at Maryland. So our first question of the Maryland Minute is, what was your favorite memory at Maryland? Uh, I was. I'm gonna sound old here, but I was a freshman when uh, Lenny Bias was a senior. And so I got to, well, whereas you got to see every game this year, I got to see, see all of his games. And he was, uh, the, the, the crowd and the excitement at Cole was so fun and he was so good. And, you know, the, they, they, they were underachieving team for most of the season and they turned it on at the end and uh, they, they got knocked out of the tournament a little earlier than we wanted, but boy, that was, that was a, uh, that was a really fun experience. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine watching him. Just I've just seen the highlights. He's on. Un- he was unbelievable. So next question is favorite college park restaurant or bar? Um, well, it's no longer there, but uh, it's now the Cornerstone. But we used to have it. It was called the Rendezvous Inn, the the, the Vu, and you would mm-hmm. just kind of like you would go there. Everybody be there. Pictures of beer would be, you know, like you know, fifty cents or whatever <laughs> on certain nights. But it was a that was just sort of the meeting place. You were when I went to Maryland, you were either a Vu guy or a seller guy. And I don't think this is the seller still there or no? It's not. It's not. Yeah, and, and so I, I was definitely a Vu guy. That's awesome. Favorite past Maryland athlete. Um. Yeah, well, I already said Lenny Bias. He 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 was he was fantastic. But I, the the uh, the guy. This was before I got to Maryland. I grew up in D.C. and I just remember watching Boomer Esiason as our quarterback. And uh, and he, you know, left-hander. He just like we were in the top like fifteen in the country, top ten in the country. And I went to a game where he beat uh, uh, North Carolina. I think North Carolina was. Um, they, they had, I think they had Lawrence Taylor on the team. I think they were in the top three. And, and I, it was just like seeing Bird Stadium, although it's now um, Maryland. What, what is it called now? Capital. I think it's Capital One Field. Capital One Field, yeah, at, at, at Maryland Stadium or something yeah. like that. But, but see, seeing that place filled with nothing but red, like cheering, it, it, it was uh, – that, that excitement was uh, – I mean, that, that's why I wanted to go to Maryland. That was great. Yeah. I mean, we definitely don't have that nowadays. We had the Penn State game last year, and that was that was very short-lived. Yeah, that was a great tailgate experience. I went to that game. That was a good tailgate experience. It was but a great, I, great tailgate experience. I think I left before halftime. Yeah, I, th- I think I did too. I'm still um, on the Loxley train, though. You, you still like him? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, trust, I trust the process with Loxley. The recruiting class is fantastic. 
I, I try, there's, there's a lot of talent on the team. Yeah. And I love having the local guy in there, like to, to like Loxley's from DC, you know, yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll lock down these kids and we'll, we'll, we'll be okay. 100%. Uh, last one is favorite Maryland sports moment. Favorite Maryland sports moment. Um, it's from your, uh, your home uh, city, probably. Uh, I, I yeah. went down to, uh, to see the final four in, um, in, in 2001. Or was that 2002? Oh my God, I forget. I think it was 2002 uh, when uh, when Maryland won down in Atlanta, and that was a uh, that 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 was a lot of fun. Of yeah, course. definitely. Yeah, my, Actually, my, it wasn't. It wasn't fun. It was. Uh, it was the opposite of fun. It, it was it, like it was tense the entire time, and then when Maryland won, it was utter relief because like Maryland should have won. Like we should have killed them, and, and so the, it, it wasn't as fun as I was expecting it to be. But it was a. Uh, I, I was glad to have been there. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure seeing a, a championship live is very tense, very nerve wracking. But the payoff, the payoff, yeah, is the, probably the payoff was great. Uh, and the payoff, the other way, the other end. If they had lost, that would have been deadly. Uh well, thank you so much for joining us. This concludes episode ten of the Locker Room Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening.